You know, throughout this whole process over the last few months, I've, I've asked you repeatedly to, um, to give me the opportunity to pastor you through this process. And, uh, you know, and so I want to continue doing that today a little bit. And, uh, but there's some things that, uh, that not only apply to just this moment in this season, if you will, of transition for our church, but I also believe that it's uh, vitally important for all of us in our life. And if you're going to stay and, and continue to do what God wants you to do, it means that you're going to have to continue following Him, right? And, uh, I mean, wouldn't it be nice... If God would just say, hey, on this month, at this day, I want you to do this. Wouldn't that be nice? Have you ever thought that? Or have you ever prayed and said, God, if you could do it by this day, it would be great. I would appreciate that. And, uh, you know, but God operates very differently than we do. And, uh, you know, and even in times and in seasons. And, uh, you know, and so if there's anything that I've looked back on, uh, through really my entire Christian life, which at this point is over 20 years. And, uh, you know, but really looking at, you know, if I was going to kind of look and say, okay, what has helped me get to where God has me today, what would it be? Uh, you know, and there's lots of factors in this, but I think one of the most important ones is this, is that being able to recognize a season, uh, being able to recognize a moment, if you will, because uh, so many times we can get caught up Maybe staying in a moment too long and not realizing that the Lord has made a shift. And so, uh, you know, and this happens in many different things, in many different ways. Um, you know, but there have been times, and, and I'm not just speaking of this moment, although it does apply to this moment. But I want to share some things with you about times and seasons uh, this morning because God operates differently. Uh, and really for you to operate and be where God wants you to be, you're going to have to learn how to discern or recognize or understand the season that you're in, uh, in your own life. And so whether you're a part of our church or not, or you say, well, you know, I'm just here for, you know, for a baby dedication. Or I'm just, yeah, but there's some things that, that, that you could hear and, and grab hold of this morning that I believe will help you. And uh, so I want to share just some thoughts with you. You know, throughout the Bible, uh, there's way too many verses uh, to, to even touch on even many of them, because there's just way too many, where God talks about, really, God talks about two things, or really, I'll say it this way, Jesus talks about two things, that's a, that's a more accurate, more, he talks about two things more than anything else, your time and your money, you're like, I don't believe that, go study the New Testament, every teaching of Jesus, the two most dominant themes were that, why, because your money is how you operate in this world, but time is something you don't get back. And, but God doesn't operate on a calendar like we do. He doesn't operate by seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years, decades. He doesn't operate in that time frame. He operates outside of that time frame. And yet we operate in that timeline. It's this span of, of time that we have. Well, that's called chronological time. We understand that. It's, it's history. You can look at it. And there's a, a pretty continuous cycle, if you will. We see that uh, even in the seasons. Like right now, we're, praise the Lord, leaving summer. Praise Amen. the Lord. And so that means what? The hot weather's going away. But you know that summer has a purpose, even though for some of us, it's slightly miserable, right? And then for some of you, it's the wintertime, you're miserable, and I'm really happy. Why? Because it's cold. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. But you know what? Winter even has a purpose. 
There's a season, there's a purpose for every season that God implemented, and yet even that, God operates outside of that. You know, and it's important that we learn how to recognize seasons in our life. You know, it may be something as practical as I've been at this job, but I know that the Lord is telling me that I need to make a transition. I don't know what that looks like, but it's easier to stay what? Comfortable and just say, well, I'm going to sit here. Even though the Lord is stirring something up in you, you know that that season is, there's a shift that's happening in your heart. But it's like, well, how do I navigate this? Because what do we want? We want God to lay it all out for us. Hey, in a week, I want you to do this. In two weeks, I want you to do that. In a month, I want you to do this. And in six months, this is where you're going to end up. God doesn't work like that, though. It would be great. We would all enjoy that. But yet, that would require no faith. And yet, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it requires faith for us to walk this life out. And so I want to share a couple of verses with you here. Uh, one particularly comes out of the Old Testament. It actually comes out of 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And, uh, and this is what it says. It says, uh, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe or of the tribe with their relatives. It says, all these men understood the signs of the time and knew the best course for Israel to take. Now here, I understand you're like, well, what does that mean? Another translation would say it this way, is that the men of Issachar were wise because they understood or perceived what God was doing, what God was working. And so they were able to help, what, lead the nation of Israel at specific times because they recognized the moments. See, God many times moves in a moment. Seems like nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden in a moment, everything changes. Well, what is that? That is God interrupting time. That's God interrupting and stepping into what we know as a chronological moment. And God says, but I'm going to step in and everything changes. The Bible in biblical terms, that's actually called a kairos moment. Which is an appointed moment. Let me give you an example of this from Scripture. It comes out of Acts chapter 1 verse 7. The disciples are asking Jesus about, he says, hey, when are you going to come and set up your kingdom? In other words, when are we going to like take over the world? Because that's what they wanted. That's what they were looking for. And Jesus makes a statement that says, Only the Father knows the time. That word time is not chronos. It's kairos. In other words, it's a divine, supreme moment of time. It's something that God has orchestrated and put into motion. And it doesn't matter what chronos says, kairos wins. Why? Because it's God. And there are times in our life where God will move in a moment. And there are seasons of time that God will work. Over in Luke chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 54, Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people who have come to listen to him teach. And he turns to them and says, when you see the clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower. You ever done that? Like you you're outside or something, and you look out and you see clouds forming. You're like, oh, it looks like rain's coming. He says, and you're right. He says, and then the wind blows from the south, and you say, oh, today's going to be a scorcher. It's going to be hot. And, you, and it is. Verse 56, he says, you fools, you know how to interpret the weather, signs of the earth and the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present 
times or moments. And, and really what he's saying, and, and I won't, I'll, I'll give you a very quick, brief understanding. What he's really saying is, that, and, and you can go read this in other places, but Jesus is saying that you've been looking for a Messiah, but you've missed the moment that he showed up. At the, right before Jesus ultimately lays down his life, the Bible says that he goes and weeps over Jerusalem and says, oh, that you would have recognized your moment. This was a moment that God had for you and you've completely been oblivious to it. And so many times I believe that there are moments in our life that God wants to work, that God wants to do things for us and yet we are so oblivious. We're busy. We're doing other things. The Holy Spirit nudges us and we don't, we may even have the thought, ah, I'll pray about that. But do we? Do we ever actually go spend that time to say, okay, Lord, what are you speaking to me right now? Because here's what happens for us, and especially as you've walked with the Lord very long, is that we go into autopilot. We just start making assumptions. Well, that seems good. Do we ask him anymore? God, what season am I in? What's the purpose of of right now for me? What are you wanting to do in me right now? And the longer you walk with the Lord, I think the harder it becomes to do that. I mean, you know, I've served the Lord for a few years, and yet there's times that I have to just remind myself, I need to go back and ask Him, God, what's the purpose of this season? What are you doing? What, what, what are you wanting to accomplish in me? Why? Because if I know what He wants to do, then I can cooperate. Right? If I don't know what he wants and what he's doing in my heart, what he's doing in my life, I'll fight against it, not even knowing it. Why? Because change is hard. Does anybody like change? Anybody? I got two people, three people, three and a half. We got Mr. Adaptability right here, so I can just tell you that. There's this thing called Strength Finders, and that's what number? It's in your top five. Yeah, like two. yeah, one or two. Like, just go with the flow. Throw me a, you know, let's just change it to change it. Why not? It's just fun. But, okay, so three and a half people in this room like change. The rest of us don't like change. And yet what happens with change is growth. If the season never shifted from winter to spring, there would be no growth. And if it always stayed spring, guess what? It would never, there would never be harvest either. So even the heat of summer comes and then, we, and then we go, so we go through the whole cycle in fall and then things begin to go dormant. They begin to die. It looks like death, right? And then by the time you get to winter, you're like, yeah, everything's dead. But actually what looks like death is actually God restoring to prepare for growth. That's a cycle, That's the way God works. And so many times, even in our life, we'll look at a circumstance or a situation and not recognize what God is doing in that moment. Therefore, we miss the blessing of the season. We miss the intended benefit of the season. And so then we get into that season where God's wanting to use us and now we're trying to play catch up. I know I'm the only person that's ever had to do that. But it's like, oh no, I'm not ready for this. Well, God's been trying to get us ready. He's been talking to us. He's been stirring in us. He's been trying to push us out of our comfort zone a little bit. He's been trying to, what, to nudge us towards what he has for us so that when we're in that place, we're ready. So God works in times and seasons. And just like the men of Issachar, we want to be wise 
Understanding the days and the times in which we live. We want to have an understanding, a a wisdom about us. It's not just having uh, just this kind of casual lie. God, what do you want from me? Because whether you realize it or not, God will speak to you. He will give you instructions. He will give you understanding of what you need in every season. That word kairos that I share with you, it's a set or a proper time. I like this one. It's an opportune moment. In other words, there's an opportunity to be tested. I believe that this is part of what God is doing right now in our city. So you have to realize what God is doing with our church is bigger than our church. It's bigger than just GSC. It's bigger than what we see just on the surface. Is that this is an opportunity that we have to what? Seize upon what I believe is a God moment. But yet we have to have eyes to see. Go read the Ephesians prayers. Open my eyes to see, right? God, give me understanding so that I have clarity of vision. I pray that all the time. Many of you have heard me say this over and over and over. Is that I pray for two things. Is that I hear you accurately and clearly. So give me ears to hear and eyes to see. I want to see what you're doing. I want to comprehend it. I want to perceive it. I don't want to be surprised when God does something. Not that God doesn't surprise me, but to the best of my ability, I want to have it. And and look, and that doesn't mean that I know everything. But what it does mean is that when God moves, I'm like, that's what that was. I couldn't have put that into words. I knew he was up to something. See, that's... God will, will give us little hints. He will give us little, so that we're not taken back by moments. So that we're not shocked by things. See, I believe that one of the ways that the enemy will try to get us off course is to convince us that when God opens a door, that he's going to hold that door open. Like, ah, you ain't got to do that now. You got time. I mean, the Bible does say that God can open a door that no man can shut. But it doesn't say he holds the door open forever either. There are times in all of our lives that there are moments that that it can be a God moment, but you've got to what? Make a move. You've got to take a step. It's going to require faith. It's going to sometimes be illogical to you. But say, I know that this is the Lord. and And obviously, you get counsel, all of those things. But God gives you a moment and you have to seize the moment. You have to move. You have to take um, direction or, or move in that way. And so, you know, is that we have to do that. You know, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, a time, which again, that's kairos, for every activity under heaven. And of course, it goes through this long list, a time for this, a time for that, a time for this, a time for that. You know, it goes through all of these things. But there is a time and a season for everything that God wants to do in your life. It's an appointed moment, an appointed time. And God will open opportunities and give you uh, direction. And, and it may seem at the most inconvenient time. Many times when God has given me a direction, it was very inconvenient. I'm like, God, why couldn't we just do this like in a... Or I have this question, why now? Couldn't we just wait a few months? Like, God, can I just push this off a few months? Why now? 
See, just as, as God operates in this time, so does the devil. You're like, well, I don't believe that. Luke chapter 4, Jesus in the wilderness. The devil comes to him three times to tempt him in three different ways. And at the end, it says that the enemy left him for a more opportune moment. Same word, kairos. He's looking for an opportunity. He, he's looking for a way into our life. And yet, here it, in Ecclesiastes, it says is that God is what? That he has established that there are times and seasons for everything in our life. You know, me and Dara are in a different season than we were in for the majority of our married life. Why? Because we were married without kids. We did things like, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Sure. <laughs> when got in the car, right? Hey, let's go out of town. Sure, that sounds like fun, right? We're in a new season, which is, I wish I could have some sleep, right? <laughs> like, I, you know, that's a new season. But you know what? There were blessings in the previous season, but there's also blessings in this current season that we didn't have before. Now, I know, I mean, my parents are here today and they could affirm, or, well, actually both sides of our family are here, so they could actually affirm this, is that me and Dare were married for t- uh, 12 years, 12 years before we had our first kid and people just thought we couldn't, you know, and the truth is, is that we didn't feel like it was time. And so we prayed and we waited and then it was like, okay, we think it's time to start having some kids. We just want to prove everybody wrong. You know, <laughs> we are capable, you know. And, uh, you know, but, but there are blessings in this season too. But you have to recognize the seasons. Because trust me, when I found out we were having Max, we were here for two weeks. And I had a why now question. <laughs> like, God, this is not a funny joke. You have a sense of humor, I just don't find it funny. Right? And yet, I can look back on it and I see where God was at work the whole time. Now, I didn't see it and I sure thought God had missed it. I thought it was just a bad, bad joke. But it wasn't. And yet, even in that though, there are seasons and there are times in our life. There are seasons in church world. You're like, what do you mean by that? Well, go study church history a little bit. We don't do church the way they did it 30 years ago. We don't do church the way they did it 100 years ago, and we definitely don't do it the way they did it 500 years ago. Why? And it's not just because people have preference. It's because God moves. God does things in different ways. He operates in, in times and in seasons, even in, you know, cause, and look, and, I, you know, and, and this is very much a part of my heart, but people pray for revival, Man, they say, man, I want God to do something. Yeah, but God sets those times. Now, we have a part to play in that, yes. But guess what? We can't make God do anything that he doesn't want to do. There are times and there are seasons, but we ought to be what? Because when God says, I'm ready to pour out my spirit, guess what he's going to do first? He's going to stir up in us to begin to pray. So we have to be sensitive to pray. Why? Because without prayer, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit won't come. It won't. So we have to be sensitive to those things and those times and those moments. You know, sometimes seasons can be challenging. They can be difficult. But here's the good news about a season. It's just temporary. It's not forever. It's a moment. 
And it may be a series of moments, but at the same time, this is not forever. And what happens many times, I believe the enemy wants us to just settle in and just say, well, this is just the way it is. No, we were singing earlier that God will do it again. What? Your promise still stands. You are faithful to me. I'm in this moment, but this moment will not stay this way. Why? Because I serve a faithful God. So I may be faced with a challenge right now. I may be facing something that's difficult right now, but this is not forever. This is not how my story will end. This is just a moment, and God will rewrite my story if he needs to. This is the way that God works. But there are seasons and there are times. You know, I was, well, let me read you this verse. Uh, Dustin shared this last week. How many of you enjoyed Dustin last week? He was good. I listened to it on the podcast, and then I sent him some. I was making fun of him. Because we're friends. That's what you do to friends. You make fun of each other. You know you have a good friend if you can make fun of each other and you don't get offended. That's how you know you got a good friend. Now, he shared this verse with you last week, but, uh, you know, and even as I was just talking about there about difficult and and challenging seasons, this is what you can know is that um, you just have to trust the Lord in those moments. Think about Psalms uh, 23. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me in the valley. So even in those moments where there's a challenge, God is there. He's with you. But you have to remind yourself of that sometimes. I have to remind myself of that at times. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, gives us the instruction. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend upon your own understanding, your own wisdom, your own thoughts. It says, seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will and he will show you. All right, God, what's the purpose of this season? I just gave you a verse that God said he will tell you. Seek his will and he will tell you. What's what's the purpose of this season? I mean, if I'm quite candid with you, we're right at almost the four-year mark of me and Dara becoming the pastors of North Point Church. And I've had the question of have I accomplished what God wanted to do in me in this season? Because I didn't know it was now. I didn't know that the transition was happening. This wasn't on my radar. I knew that God was up to something. I didn't know what necessarily. I didn't have a, a, a clear picture. My, my picture was very different than the one that the Lord has unfolded, quite honestly. But I've had to ask myself, Lord, have I applied myself and learned what I needed to learn in this season of my life? Now, the time frame was way off for mine, I can tell you, for what I perceived. But nonetheless, I, if I'm, I think we all should be asking ourselves that question. Why? Because we kick into autopilot, and when you kick into autopilot, you quit learning. You quit growing. You quit changing. You quit like trying to be, become more of, of, of who God wants you to be. You know, here recently I was at lunch with my pastor, Pastor Sam, just a couple of weeks ago. And so we were talking through some things about the, this merger and all the different things. And so we'd gone to lunch. And so we were kind of done talking about everything that we needed to talk about. And, you know, he's going through a pretty massive transition himself. And, uh, you know, and so as we're just talking through some things, I asked him a question. And um, 
I said, Pastor, I'm just curious. Now I'll give you a little backstory. Pastor Sam is 72. He's pastored the church in Shreveport for 40 years. And I've seen him in my lifetime because uh, I, I grew up there. I was there since I was about one years old up to about 23-ish or so. And he's been my pastor my entire life. He still is my pastor. But I've seen him make multiple changes. Quite frankly, one of the largest changes he made in our church is the reason that I'm serving God today because I didn't like our old church. It didn't connect to me. It was just... It just but he made a, a pretty large shift right around my junior, well, sophomore, junior year of high school. And it changed. It changed our church. It changed everything. It was a season and a moment that he had changed. And so he made a big shift there. Well, he's in the midst of making a big shift again. As many of you know, we're all, this, all of this is because of that, in a way. Uh, the Lord is stirring in him. And so that's why me and Dare are going to Lake Charles because we're partnering with, with him in another way. And then we're big, but because of that, this also becomes all a part of that. And so it's kind of this big thing that we're involved with at many levels. That's why I've told you that me and Dare aren't disconnecting. No, we're still very involved in the life of our church here. And that is the truth. You're like, well, something must be going on. Something's going on. God's doing something. That's what's going on. And that's the truth. There is no backstory. There is no all oh, this or that. So I asked him the question, though. I said, Pastor, I said, after all these years of walking with the Lord, all these years of pastoring the church, you might be making one of the biggest shifts of your life and of your ministry life. And I said, I'm just curious, how do you stay flexible? How do you stay willing to listen to the Lord? Like after all these years, because it would be easy just to kind of kick back and just Right her into the sunset. I mean, that would be the natural thought. And so he took a moment and thought for a second, and he, he made the statement, which seems so simple. But then he qualified it. He says, you got to keep listening to the Holy Spirit. He says, never get into the place where you assume what God is going to do. And he talked about this, and he began to just share a little bit about it. And he says, you know, the longer that, we, that any of us walk with the Lord, the older we become, the more we resist change. But he, he made an interesting statement. He said, the longer that we live with the Lord and walk with the Lord, we'll stop asking him what he wants right now. We'll just say, well, this is what God wants, and this is what God said five years ago, 20 years ago, whatever the case may be. So I'm still trucking along with that, and yet we've never gone back to say, Lord, is that still what you're speaking to me right now? And he said, many people, he said, especially for in his age, he says, many people my age have quit asking God. They've quit, they've quit asking the question. And so if you're going to stay in a place to where you can maneuver and really be led by the Lord, it's going to require what? That you stay listening. That you keep an attentive ear and say, God, what's the purpose of this season? What's the purpose of this moment and what are you doing and what do you want to do in me and through me and what's your purpose in all of this? See, we'll make assumptions many times without actually getting some clarity first. We just say, well, this is just the way God works. Well, maybe God wants to do it differently. Maybe God wants to do a new thing. I mean, there's a verse in Isaiah that talks about this. He says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you, are you even aware? Are you even paying attention? Are you even listening, looking for what I'm doing? 
Because he says, look, I'm doing something new. You know, sometimes there are seasons, and these aren't, you know, most time we think about seasons of change, and yet uh, many times we think that that requires change. You know, sometimes there are seasons of just being steady. And I would actually argue that sometimes it takes more faith to stay steady than it does to take a big step. But it's a season, and if you recognize the season, it's just say, just stay steady. I mean, many of you have heard me tell the story. When me and Dara left, uh, ultimately we were youth pastoring in Kansas, and the Lord opened up the door for us to, and really spoke and, and made it very clear it was time to leave. Well, I knew it for three and a half years. I didn't know what. I just knew a change was coming. I just knew a cha- And so we just kept praying about it, kept praying about it, kept praying about it. Well, man, those three and a half years were a challenge. Why? Because we had to stay steady in the face of knowing change was coming, just didn't know what that meant. Well, that didn't just mean that I just zoned out and hit cruise control. Just like, well, I'm just going to wait until the Lord. No, God had a purpose for those three and a half years. And there were some things in me that have really shaped who I am today that I would have missed out on had I just said, let me just kind of skim over this moment. No, there's a purpose for waiting sometimes too. And it takes faith to wait. It takes faith to just say, okay, God, I'm going to submit to your timing, not mine. That's, that's tough. It can be very tough. For the sake of time, we won't read it, but over in 1 Kings chapter 17, you can go read where uh, Elijah the prophet stands up and he, he makes the statement and says, you know, look, there's not going to be any rain for three and a half years or until I say so. Well, then the Lord leads him to a brook, right? says that, that he led him to a brook where there was water and he said that the birds brought him food and he was provided for. And that was obviously a season that God was doing something supernatural for him. Well, then the brook dries up. And the season has come to a close. And there's Elijah sitting at the brook thinking, I wonder when that bird's going to show up. I wonder when my provision's going to come. I, God, I, where's my water? I mean, I, it, it, we're in drought. I need some water. And yet God says, hey, I've got a plan for you. But I need you to go to this widow's house. The season shifted. Well, Elijah could have stayed there and died. He could have just said, man, this is where God showed up. God's been providing. God's been using this. God's been doing this for me. Amazing. And I'm just going to sit here. I'm not moving. Well, God's plan was, was to go to another place, which made no sense. But that was the instructions of the Lord. And he went there and God provided, not just for him, but also for the widow and for her family. And, and, and so, but there was a shift that had to happen in that moment. And we have to be willing to shift. Even during this moment, because you're like, well, what's this going to look like? And what, how's this going to be? It's going to be different. That's what it's going to be. That's the one thing I can promise you. It will be different. But different doesn't mean bad either. As a matter of fact, different might be the best thing that's ever happened to you. But if all you can see is just what's right in front of you right now, what you're looking at, you can miss out on the opportunity that God has. Because what I believe what God is doing is not just happening here, but I believe that we are getting to be a part of it. But I believe we are seeing where churches are actually beginning to unite at a much greater level. 
Now, not everybody's doing what we're doing, but there are variations of that. But when we first started praying about when, when, when uh, you know, all of this that we're walking through now, when it first kind of presented itself, I guess that's the best way to say it, I begin to pray and just say, Lord, what do we do here? 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 That was my prayer. God, you've got to give me a wisdom. I need to understand this moment. I need to understand this season. I need to make sure that we're doing the right thing because there's various things that we could do. And so, you know, we in the leadership, we begin talking and praying and, you know, and just asking the Lord for wisdom. You know, one of our, one of our really our, 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 our highest goal has always been this, to build God's kingdom. Not to build a name, not to build a platform. Not We want to build God's kingdom. What we're doing is doing that. It will amplify and really bring us to a new place of greater effectiveness that we can reach our city in a greater way. I believe that with all of my heart. But we have to be willing to what recognize the moment. Recognize that what God is doing and not just say, well, I like what I have. And look, there's nothing wrong with liking what you have. The problem is liking it so much that you won't step into what God has for you. That's when it becomes a problem. So even as we move forward, this is not going to look like North Point. It's not going to look like GSC. But you're like, I don't even know what that looks like. Good, because it ain't going to look like it. Like, I don't even know Pastor Jason, but you know me. And as your pastor, I'm, I'm asking you, you trust me and I'm telling you, you can trust him. I, I know him very well. I didn't just pick up the phone book and start flipping through to find a church and say, hey, you interested in merging? Quite the opposite. Quite honestly, it would have been much easier, much easier to just say, hey, we're going to get a new pastor. North Point's going to say North Point. We're going to... That would have been easy, easier. What we're doing is complicated. It's a lot of work. It, it is, but, but I also believe the work is worth it. I believe the blessing, the benefit, the outcome is worth it. So if we have to do a little heavy lifting, that's fine. Why? Because we're about expanding God's kingdom. We're about seeing more people touch, more people change, seeing the gospel impact people's hearts and in their lives. And so, but for that to happen means that a change has to come. A shift has to happen. Does that mean I get 10 more? <laughs> Little inside joke there. Just keep putting the 10 back up. I, I, I accumulate them. Look, what we're going to be moving forward is not going to look the same. It is creating something that is brand new. Something that is brand new. So don't expect it to look the same, but expect it to be better. Better. Expect it to be better. Have a heart of faith. Have a heart of vision that says, this is going to be better. Don't go into it with a skeptical heart. Why? Because if you do, guess what you're going to find? Problems. Why? Because you're looking for them. This would be my encouragement to you. Don't look for problems. And if you see them, come up with some solutions. He who has solutions gets heard. He who 
nags, gets ignored. Right? You're like, well, are we going to have all the details together? Probably not. But do you ever? No. But we're going to do the best we can. But you've got to come into this with a heart of faith saying, God, I believe what you're doing is so far beyond anything that I can even conceive in my heart or in my mind. And by faith, I'm going to trust you through this. I'm going to trust you. Because God is still on the throne. Jesus is still saving people. Still, still, still touching lives. And all we're doing is taking what God has been doing on a certain level and just doing it bigger. Why? Because God has people in our city to save. He has broken people that he needs to touch and to heal and to restore. And so everything that we're doing, we're consolidating our efforts to be more effective. That's what this is all about. It really is. And so I need you to have that in your heart to see that. It's more than just... This moment, although this is a moment, but guess what? This moment is going to pass too. And, and, and if you'll walk through this, allowing the Lord to help you, because look, I can stand here and cheerlead you all day long. This is awesome. It's going to be better. It's going to be... And I can get you good and excited, but the problem is when you get in the car and your mind starts working, you need the Lord to speak to you. You need the Lord to give you instruction. Say, no, this is me. This isn't just Pastor David talking. No, I'm in this. I'm doing this. And that's important for you to know that. So let me share this one, one last thought. Well, let me say this real quick. Two thoughts, but I'll keep it very quick. See, I believe that even as we step into these chaos moments, one of the things that I have seen about these moments is that acceleration happens. God's involved in it. And something that would have taken a long time just seems like all of a sudden things click. Things fall in place. And it's just like where you were walking, now you're running. And there's just this acceleration that happens. Because God stepped into a moment. You know, you're like, well, I don't believe that. Go look at the first recorded miracle of Jesus. He turned water into wine. What is that? It's a miracle of acceleration. Water into wine takes time, does it not? And a lot of it. And yet Jesus did it in a moment. So when God shows up, acceleration can happen. So you have to know that. But in your heart, this is, this is, and this is the pastor heart of me, that I want you to hear about this, is that there's no need for you to be fearful or anxious about anything. There's no place. There should be no place for anxiety in the heart of a believer. Why? Because if I'm anxious, many times it means that I've distanced myself from, from, from the Lord. And I need to get back close to the Lord so that anxiety will cease. So that those things can, you know, and even fear of thought. and those things, You've got to know is that God loves you and that God has great things ahead for you. Not just for the church, but for you. God's purpose, God's plan is for your blessing and for your benefit. That's God's desire. And, you know, and so I just encourage you, you know, even as we're stepping into this season... Don't just sit back and be like, well, I'm just going to kind of watch. No, engage. Engage. Why? Because we need you. 
We need your gifts. We need your talents. We need who you are. Why? Because God operates through people. Not a few people. God operates through willing people. Your willingness is more important than your giftedness. Giftedness is important, yes. But there's a lot of gifted people that don't do squat. And yet there's maybe some people who aren't as gifted and yet they're willing and it's amazing what they can do.